real conversations, real women, real stories. Here, you can listen to a collection of stories from women just like you, sharing moments that change their life. We believe that all stories should be celebrated, whether they are the happiest moments of your life, moments that left you feeling lost, or moments where you healed yourself again and again. We are here for all of it. Heal, grow, and connect with us. Welcome to the This Is We podcast. I am so excited to have our next guest here with us. Love Preet reached out to me a few months ago and shared her story on our blog. And now she is here with us today, sharing her story once again. Love Preet is a cyclist and Canadian athlete with cerebral palsy that shares her love of exercise to inspire others with different abilities. Born in Canada with cerebral palsy, doctors told Love Preet's parents she would never walk, but she defied the odds when she took her first steps. Today, she bikes, swims, and uses a walker, walking as many as 10,000 steps a day. When she was 12 years old, she was given her first tricycle, and her love of cycling grew from there. When she was in her 30s, Love Preet started training at the gym, cycling thousands of kilometers, and she began participating in multiple race events. Love Preet, I am so excited that you are here with us. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So I would love to start the conversation with you telling us a little bit about yourself, telling us about, you know, the story that you shared with us on your blog or on our blog, sorry. I'm 41 years old. I have cerebral palsy. I'm an athlete. I go to the gym like four days a week. I do marathons on a bike. I died. last year I rode my bike 2100 pounders in one year. This year I'm trying to row 500 kilometers. I'm over 200 kilometers so far. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Do you like the, because I know when you first heard your story, you were very much into cycling and still are. And then at the, be- was it at the beginning of this year when you started to row? Yeah, I just yeah. started starting drool in January. Yes. And how do you like the differences between cycling and rowing? It's a different workout. The home body works out. In the rowing? Yeah. Yeah. My arms are killing me at the end of the day. <laughs> do they feel like jello? Some days. Yeah. I haven't really tried rowing, so it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I know cycling. I used to be a spin teacher, so I'm very familiar with cycling. And I and love I, cycling. Oh, I think that's what we have so much in common is our love for cycling. I love cycling. Do you prefer it in the gym or do you prefer it like out, outside? It depends on the weather. And like in the summer, I, I like to be outside mm-hmm. more. I don't know. It's more interesting outside. Yes, it is. More to look at. <laughs> yeah, you don't get bored. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about pushing outside of your comfort zone and pushing past your limits and not allowing your disability to define you. So tell us a little bit about when you decided that maybe, at, you know, maybe when you were very young, when you define the odds, you decided that you're pushing outside of your comfort zone. But when did it really start to feel like you are pushing outside of your comfort zone and 
continuing to push past those limits? To be honest, I would say 2015 when I did my first 20 kilometer ride. Wow. How did that feel? I never thought, I never thought I could do it. But my trainer at the gym convinced me somehow to do it. And when I finished, I can't, I can't describe the feeling about how it felt crossing the finish line. And ever since then, I've been pushing my limits. You had a taste. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the feeling afterwards. Yeah. Were you, with all that training leading up to your 20-kilometer race, were you cursing your trainer a little bit, going like, what did you get me into? I remember at, I think it was at the 10-kilometer point, I looked at him like, I can't do this anymore. And what did like, he I'm say? Tired. <laughs> she was like, we're almost there and just done. Yeah. And then and you got just motivated me. Mm. I just did it. That's amazing. And then you got to that finish line. Round the 15 kilometer, I'm like, okay, five more to go. Felt easier. Yeah. Men- mentally easier, I'm sure. Mentally easier. After the 20 kilometers, the next day I did five more kilometers for Terry Fox. And I cannot move the week, that week after. I, I was going to say, I can't even believe that you did it the next day. It's adrenaline. Yeah, I did Terry Fox the next day. Oh, that's amazing. So let's talk about your cycling journey and, you know, where you started and where you are continuously going. It started when I was, like you said, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. When I got my first bike, I used to ride down the street and back for hours. Then when I moved to Airdrie, I started going to the gym mm-hmm. and that's when I started, started training with it, my gym trainer. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started doing 20 kilometers, a half marathon, any race that I could do, I, I signed up for. Amazing. Yeah. It takes so much courage to do that. Because I, as much as I love cycling, I don't know if I have the courage to sign up for a race or the determination or de- dedication to even train for it. Because it takes a lot of training. It to does. Race. Yes. It does. When I did my half marathon, halfway through, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, I can't do this. I was so dead tired. And, um, my own body killed me. Yes. I could just, I can't, honestly, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that would feel like physically. How did it feel emotionally, just finishing? I don't think it really hit me until like a couple of days after mm-hmm. the back thing did it. Yeah. Do you ever look back at pictures and think like, oh my gosh, I did that? Yeah. There's a couple of pictures I'm like, how the heck did I do it that? I mean, if you asked me to do it now, I'm like, I can't do that now. You amazed yourself. I guess so. <laughs> I pushed my limits. Yes, you did push your limits. 
what was the training like leading up to some of those races? Like how often were you training? I was training seven days a week. What? Oh. About three hours a day. Oh my gosh. All on the bike? Or were you doing All on the bike. All on the bike. Then I used to do weight training with my trainer. Mm-hmm. And I used to do my other workouts with her. When I did my first, no, it was my second 20 kilometer race. Two weeks before, I hurt my back so bad, I could not move. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm, I can't do this. I have two weeks left. Like, I can't even move. Oh. Somehow, I went and got a massage. And I popped two Advil's. And I just did it. That's amazing. Yeah. What was going on in your mind in that point? Other than like, I can't do this. My body hurts. Was there kind of a spark of hope where you were like, you know what? I think I can get past this and just do the race. At one point, I'm like, I don't have no other choice. I've been training this, training for this. Like it took me a year to train for this. Like I have to do it somehow. <laughs> and I had, I'm like, I think I had three people doing it with me. Really? Yeah. A team. Yeah, I had a team. That's amazing. I did it. Yeah. So they motivated me. Mm-hmm. Your cheering squad. Yeah. That's amazing. So you talk about that you are more than your disability. And you talk and you've talked before in your past, and I've actually seen this in your story recently, where you have talked about people seeing your disability first and how much that drives you crazy. So I would love to get into that a little bit more and, you know, help our listeners truly understand how it affects you when someone sees your disability first rather than you as a human being first. Some people will come up to me. The first thing, a couple of weeks ago, someone came up to me and the person he said, it goes, can doctors fix you? Wow. And I'm like, I'm not broken to be fixed. Yes. You use a walker. You use a cane. So how did that make you? And it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck are you thinking before mm-hmm. you talk? Yes. Yes. Someone asked me if I was contagious. No. They're like, are you contagious? And I just looked, I'm like, do I have a contagious? <laughs> They're like, yeah. Like, what the? <laughs> like, what's going through your head? Yes. Wow. And so... How does that feel internally for you or emotionally for you? Do you do you find yourself beating yourself up when, you know, those people say such ignorant comments to you, especially, you know, out in public when you are just kind of doing your own thing? It pisses me off. It's like I know I look different because mm-hmm. I use a walk because I use a walker, but don't come to hug me like a like a person, not a, not a freaking alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see you for you instead of 
exactly what you said, your disability. It drives me crazy. Yeah. It makes my blood boil. <laughs> I can tell. And I think it would drive anybody crazy. You know, it, sometimes those comments aren't helpful. They're not, it always boggles my mind how people just, it's almost like they're putting out their fears and, and, and putting them on you as if they want to make them, make you a part of their fear. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. I always say this, like, I'm always in shock, but then I'm always not in shock. Like, I'm not always surprised by, you know, some human behavior, especially out in public when I find people can just be so ignorant. I was talking to someone yesterday about this. I mean, kids could be, kids could just stare at me. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Like, kids could say whatever because they don't know. Mm-hmm. But when adults do it, it drives me, gets on my nerves. Yes. You need to come like, up with adults, adults should know better. They do. Yeah, you're exactly right. You need to come up with a clever comeback. <laughs> some days I do, some days I don't. Some days you're probably just like, no, thank you. <laughs> some lady asked me once, I was sitting there eating my, I was like eating something at the food court at the mall. And she looked at me, she goes, what's your helper? And I looked at her like, I, I don't have one. Say people like you shouldn't be out in society. And I just looked at her and I'm like, people like you shouldn't be out in society. And people around me just started started clapping. <laughs> exactly. I would be clapping too. Like, like, I just, sometimes I just don't understand. It just... I'm like, I didn't say a word to you. Yeah. And I didn't ask you for help. No. Or anything. No. She just looked at me to like, people like you shouldn't be out inside. Like, people like you shouldn't be out in. Like, mm-hmm. people like you are ashamed to society. Yeah. She just yeah. looked at me to like, you're so rude. <laughs> like, I'm rude. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it was the mirror shining back at them. They're actually seeing, you know, themselves and we're probably very angry, you know. Yeah are very angry in the world. And so what would you say to all those people that, you know, told you that you couldn't do it, that you couldn't, you know, to the doctors that told your parents that you would never be able to walk, to, you know, the people that saw you on your tricycle that said, you know, you're never going to cycle past five kilometers or whatever it may be, or the ones where you said, I'm doing a, a marathon and they said, oh, you'll never finish. What would you, you know, what would you say to those people that just told you you couldn't? Look at me now. Look at where I, yeah, where I am now. I, this year I am top 25 women of influence in Canada. Yes, I know. I'm applauding you. I saw that on your social media and I was actually going to bring that up. And I said, you were awarded for the top 25 women of influence in April. And I would love you for, I would love for you to tell us about that. Like, tell us about the experience and going to the award ceremony and finding out and, and all of that. Cause I'm sure that was just a highlight. When I found out, I had to read the, I got the email. I had to read it like three times, I think. 
And I walked out of my room and I told my mom, my dad thinks it's in Canada. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, I think so. Then I got another email. I'm like, yeah, it is in Canada. I'm like, I don't think I deserve this. No, because I'll, I'll be honest, everybody else that went well, we're doing this work, our CEOs, our doctors, our senators. I'm like, I don't deserve to be in this category. I'm like, someone, I'm like, someone made, made a mistake. <laughs> do you feel, do you still feel that way? Kind of, yeah. What? Oh. You went there, you experienced it. I think that you're well-deserved. Thank you. Your page is an inspiration. I, I honestly don't think you're giving yourself enough credit right now. I don't know. I don't see what I, when I do. Mm-hmm. People are like, just so inspiring, but I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm just you're living my life. Right. You're so humbled. I don't know. I don't see it. We see it. Thank you. So how was the, how was the experience? How was it going there and, and accepting the award? It was amazing. It was, I, I could truly say it was one of the best days of my life. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Did anybody go with you or did you go on your own? I got my, my, my parents and my brother. Oh, that's so And my cousin. Oh my gosh, a family affair. Yeah. That's so amazing. And that's great that they got to experience that. Yeah. With you. So that just shows just, you know, how powerful you are and how incredible you are and, and what you're bringing into this world. Like, it really goes beyond this races and the cycling. It's, it's so much more than that. Some lady, she's a senator, came up to me and she looked at me. She like, I read your story. She's like, you're inspiring. She's like, you may not see it, but she's like, you're making a path. You're making a pathway for the next generation. Mm-hmm. You're showing others that anything is possible. Anything Regardless. is possible. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, there's so many people that are out there that, that don't believe the same thing, right? They use their limitations and as a restraint to kind of keep them exactly where they are, where you're doing the complete opposite. You are pushing boundaries. You are pushing outside of your comfort zone and, and pushing beyond your limits, which is admiring to watch because you're doing things that I would never do. Thank you. I would, you would never find me doing a race or anything. I just, I just, it's not in my comfort zone. Or, but when I, when I, sorry, when I did my 2000 kilometers, it took me three years to do it. Wow. The first year I started doing it, I got sick. So I was out for like six months. Oh my God. So I moved. That year on bar, then I went back to the gym. Right when I started going back to the gym, COVID happened. <laughs> There's a lot. So last year, my friend was being with me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the year I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was, I think it was in September. I looked at him. I'm like, I give up. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm exhausted. 
And he, he looked at me and goes, give up then. And I remember, like, I can't give up. I can't let this guy win. <laughs> That's so good. It felt like there, like everything was against you for a moment. You got sick and then COVID. And, and honestly, I would think most people would have given up. They would have said, oh my gosh, all of these blocks and these barriers in my way, it must be a sign that I'm not supposed to do it. But you took that as a different sign. <laughs> if there's a will, there's a way. Exactly, exactly. And I love that. So how has your life changed, you know, after sharing your story with others? I just want to show people that anything's possible. That was my biggest reason for sharing my story. Is to tell people not to give up. Because mm-hmm. anything's possible. Do you tell yourself on that on days when you feel like giving up? Some days, yeah. Some days you're like, forget it. <laughs> Some days I'm like, why am I doing this? And then you get back on the bike or back on the rower and you're reminded. Yeah. Just how amazing it is. When you have, when you have a, for, um, like people around you that support you, that mm-hmm. motivate you, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So are you still with the same trainer that you originally started with or have you switched? Yeah, I am. That's amazing. I've been with her for eight years. Eight years. Wow. So she knows you through and through. Knows <laughs> me. She can tell you how it is? Yep. And you're just like, oh. We're all throwing right back at her too. I love that. I love that. That's too funny. So I want to talk about, you know, your support system and how that, because you've brought it up quite a bit, especially during some of your races and even preparing for your races. So I would love to know, like, who is part of your support system and who are, you know, those cheerleaders in your life? I heard my the family for sure. Like, I have a big family. So my whole family is behind me. I call my gym. My second hand, mm. well, my gym family. Yeah. That's who I did 2,000 kilometers with. Mm-hmm. And that's who I'm doing 500 kilometers nice. with someone at the gym. Yeah. Wow. So I have to say my gym family too. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. It's like two separate. Do they ever collide? Do your, do your, you know, your family meet your gym family and vice versa? They do, yeah. They do. We met everybody. Oh, that's good. So support yeah. all around. I love that. Because yeah. that's so key. That really helps us continue to like move forward and push ourselves outside of our comfort zone. But as well I don't as this- think if I had, if they weren't around, I don't think I would have made it where I am today. That makes my heart so full. And sometimes I love how our support systems can be like our honest truth. And yeah. our backboard, like our backbone too, that kind of, you know, hold us up when we're feeling low or can really support us and give us the space when we do need to kind of talk it out or complain about those people in the mall. <laughs> you, know, you need those people around you. Mm-hmm. You really if do. If you don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like I said, I don't think I would be where I am today mm-hmm. without them. 
it sounds like you just have such a beautiful and amazing support system, especially with your family. I do. How was it for them to watch you go on stage and accept your award at the top 25 women of influence? I would say that they were very proud. Were there lots of tears? I think so. <laughs> you know, those happy parent tears? I think so. Yeah. That's so amazing. And you said that your brother was there or was it your cousin? Your brother? My brother and my cousin. You both were there. How was yep. it for them to experience it? I don't know. Yeah. You know that? They didn't tell you? It was a... It's amazing for them. I could just imagine. I'm sure it would be. My, I don't know. They told me it was amazing for them. Yeah. Like, if it's amazing for us, I wonder how amazing it feels for you. Do you ever look back? Like, I know I'm, I'm such a sentimental person. And I think we're very similar in the sense that sometimes we don't even believe it when we're in it. And like you had said, like you had to read the email three times when you found out that you were nominated for an award. And so do you ever look back at pictures, whether it was at one of your races or at, you know, the top 25 women of influence in April and think, oh my God, like I did that. Like that's me accepting that or that's me finishing the race. I do that. I've done that a couple of times. I'll look, I'll look at pictures. I went, I wonder, I'm like, how the heck did I do that? But I know I didn't win it. It's a, it's like a surreal feeling. It is. Mm-hmm. We're both very yeah. humble. That's a proud feeling that I've actually accomplished something that people, that people have told me that no, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've actually done it. I'm sure that just feels amazing. It does. It does. Uh, Just to be like, do you find that you're just like, I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, do you ever just, you know, hold your head up higher and and think like, look at these amazing things. Like I'm completely unstoppable. That's how I felt. I'll be honest with you. That's how I felt. When I first found out that I was getting the award. For top 25 women, it's all unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, rightfully so. Right now. Mm-hmm. I would still be feeling that way. I'd be beaming through the rest of the year. After this award, it uh, opened up my eyes. It made me realize I want to do something better. Something more in my life. So in June, I, it's my birthday month. So I'm biking 200 kilometers. So I'm biking 150 kilometers on my bike and rowing 50 kilometers on the rower. And I'm raising money for cancer society. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. It's like it re-sparked your purpose and reignited it. That's what I needed and that's what happened. So do you have anything else planned for the year other than June? Any I'm or just finishing up my rowing. Oh. I'm at two, I'm over 200 kilometers right now. 
And what's the goal again? 500. 500. My original goal was 200. Done. I've done in like nine months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then my friend, he's like, you know, he can roll about 12 kilometers a week. Wow. And he's like, if you could do that, he's like, set your goal higher. So I thought he was going to say 250 or 300. And he's like, no, 500. And you're like, I'm like, I could do this. I could do this. Exactly. Well, you're home, like, you're not even halfway through the year and you're almost halfway through the kilometers. Like, you're ahead yeah. of the game at this point. Yeah. That's amazing. I think I have to do more than 500. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be watching at the end of the year being like, what's Love's Great doing? Did she finish? What did she get to? I'll let you know. You'll have to let me know. I'll be watching. I'm always watching your stories. So you just inspire me. And I love when you post things and, and, and everything. So is there anything else that you would love to say to those that are listening that may feel maybe a little bit stuck or feeling like some of their own limitations are holding them back and they really need to kind of feel that spark that you felt, you know, at that awards? Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Because anything is possible. Don't let your limits be be back. Just reach for the stars, like they say. Because anything's possible. It is. You're a living proof right here. Thank you. You're welcome. Love, Freed. It was absolutely amazing to chat with you today. I just loved our conversation. And I love that I got to know you a little bit more because we've had like subtle conversations and the DMs and everything like that. But... We are far more in common than what I originally thought. And I just love that. So I know we'll be continuously chatting and I'll continuously watch your, watch your journey unfold. Thank you so much for this opportunity. My pleasure. 